1: The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited! Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton.
0: Well, hello and welcome to Exploited. This show is all about combating human trafficking, sextortion, child pornography and social media exploitation. I welcome you to join us today. This show is really going to be for adults today. We're going to dive right into some very tough stuff. But before I do, I want to kind of share some personal things with you today. As many of you know that have followed us, and by the way, I got my stats this week of who's following us around the world, and I am just blown away. Thank you for every one of you that are listening out there. We have huge numbers in Sweden, United Kingdom, and Japan, China, France. Even people in Russia, Germany, Canada, India, and Saudi Arabia. So how cool is that? And several other countries, some of which I never heard of. If you're listening in the United States, you are free to call in this morning to one 866 472 eight. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now I know that many people that listen to this show actually listen to it in the archive. This show is meant to be an education and training program so that we can develop leadership around the world and unite individuals that are interested in coming together to combat human exploitation of all kinds. Well, I've been missing in action the last two to three weeks. If you've noticed at all, if you're a regular follower, you probably saw that we actually did some reruns. Uh, apparently, there were reruns that were quite popular because our numbers are excellent, and I appreciate that. Over the past two to three weeks, I have been through a very personal tragedy. I have uh, misplaced, I have lost, I have lost my best friend. And uh, I can hardly find words to tell you. I have been married for 44 years. His name was Del Singleton, D-E-L, Del Singleton. And he was my partner and best friends for 44 years. And he was also a main player within the work that I do at Me and Kids. He passed away a week ago last Friday. And so during that time, we have been running reruns. Well, we're back today. And I know that he would want us to go on. And we will, because this is an important work, and he was very active in it. But I would like to dedicate this show to my best friend, Del Singleton. So what I want to talk to you today is really heavy stuff, Uh, but it is heavy on my heart and has been for a long time for both Del and I. Those of you who follow me and kids, and this show is being brought to you by me and kids. That is spelled... M-I-L-L-I-O-N, Me and Kids. And it's called Me and Kids because more than a million kids are trafficked each year throughout the world. And so one of the things that we do is we combat human trafficking in Southern California, but also around the globe. I work with uh, an organization called Rafa House, that's R-A-P-H-A, Rafa House International. They work out of Cambodia, Thailand, and Haiti. And by the way, they came out and supported us during this time. Uh, of transition and I really, really appreciate them. They're just absolutely amazing people and they combat trafficking in third world countries. So one of the things that has been heavy on my heart is, you know, the intersection of technology and human exploitation. And I do massive amounts of research on that. You can follow us at Me and Kids on Facebook. You just go to Facebook, find Me and Kids, and like us. You can do that anywhere in the world. And we hope that you do, and I hope that you will go on and post on there and tell us who you are and what you do. That is uh, very, very important to us that we develop a global community. Well, one of the things that I have started to really realize and started to research is the impact of technology and specifically the idea of live streaming and the impact of that on human exploitation. So I have developed some terms actually called cyber sex on demand. I believe with all my heart that cyber sex on demand, other words for that would be internet, interactive pornography, or virtual prostitution, I believe this will change real-life prostitution. I also believe that this could very likely become the greatest source of human exploitation around the globe, and this is the reason why I want to share this with you. So one of the things that has happened here, as most of us know, is that we develop webcams, we develop video chat rooms, things like Omegle and Uvu, and have been following those for a long time. Then we develop live streaming, like uh, Facebook Live or Periscope, uh, is is two of the common ones. Meerkat, M-E-E-R-K-A-T, if you're not familiar with that word, those are all video chat rooms, and those have been going on for some time. And one of the things that we started to see early on with technology is the idea of camming. In fact, I've reported on that for the last couple of years where literally uh, housewives and uh, kids in high school set up a webcam in their home, they masturbate, they have sex in front of it, And then they either share it for fun or they share it for profit. And it has been a new extension of the pornography business for some time and literally bringing in billions of dollars. I remember reporting about, oh, probably easily a year ago, that at that point, the idea of camming was a billion-dollar business. Well, I'm very concerned about it. Why would I be concerned? Well, I'm concerned because I think people do not understand the potential for exploitation of this. And I also want to make sure people understand the intersect between commercial interactive pornography, sometimes called virtual prostitution, or what I call cyber sex on demand. The intersect between that and just personal uh, making of webcam activity, sharing with close friends. You see, I believe that once this gets started, this will be a billion, billion, multi-billion dollar business. And so, what I want to do is kind of walk you through what is I see is happening. One of the things that brought this to my attention is a case that I had read about and actually talked about on the air, I believe, about a year ago. And that headline on that case is Hungarian man, that would be a man from Hungary, convicted over Florida gay sex slave ring. That's the headline, Hungarian man convicted over Florida gay sex slave ring. And what was happening here is that there is a young man, actually there were two or three of them in this particular case, and they were from Hungary. And someone from the United States, uh, this particular man was named uh, Andres Voss V-A-S-S. He was ultimately convicted and sent to a minimum of 21 years behind bars, could go up to 155 years in prison. And what he had done is that he had contacted these men in Hungary and promised them easy money, uh, It promised them to, to come to America and have a good life. He brought in three victims to New York in 2012, and he forced them to perform sex acts at all hours. The victims and their families in Hungary were also threatened. Now, that is very common when you have foreign national kind of trafficking is that the first thing they do is remove their passports and then they threaten the family back home. These folks were forced to live in a cramped apartment and were forced to perform sex acts on johns, usually on webcams. And often they were reported to live in very cramped conditions, but more important, they were often forced to perform sex acts in front of webcams up to 20 hours a day. 20 hours a day. Did you get that? That's what caught my attention. Can you imagine being a male being forced to sit in front of a webcam and masturbate for 20 hours a day? We think about all the damage done to females, but there is not enough work being done to take a look at this kind of activity. And as I can tell you very shortly as we get into the facts, this is not an uncommon arrangement. They often performed on a website called Gay Romeo. One of the uh, victims was forced to live with gypsies as a male prostitute. All three victims were in their early 20s. They were flown into New York City to work on what they thought was going to be a legal business. They would—they believed they would only be in New York for a few months and that they would make tens of thousands of dollars before getting to go home and return to their family. Now, what you have here is a typical foreign national kind of trafficking ring. They will promise them easy money. They will get their documents. These people most likely came in legally. And so, you know, that this is not an issue about the border, legal or illegal. They were forced to all live in a cramped one-bedroom apartment while performing sex acts around the clock, sometimes with Johns, but usually on webcams. Their travel documents were seized once they got here. This victim said I was under the control all day and all night. They used me like I was a machine. They sold me to strangers. I was not allowed to be tired. I was not allowed to be sad. I want to share this with you because one of the things we want to explore in the next section is the impact of cyber sex on demand, the impact on the people that are doing the performing. Uh, Sometimes we call this interactive pornography or virtual prostitution. And I'm very concerned about it. We're going to, before this is over, we're going to actually look at how law enforcement can deal with this. But I really want you to understand the impact on the victim because people have a tendency to kind of negate the impact of this. They say, you know, the person wants to be there or they didn't really have sex with other people or uh, this wasn't uh total violation because they are just performing before a webcam well i really want to explore the psychological damage of this and like that in the next section the first thing we're going to do though is talk about how prolific it is we're up against a break here folks so stay with us we'll be right back and we'll get deep into this next subject we'll see you in a minute
1: Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced: The grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Listening to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to Opal at MillionKids.org. That's O P A L at MillionKids.org. Now, back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton.
0: Well, hello and welcome back. This is Opal Singleton. I am your host, and we are talking about the live streaming uh, paid sex okay this is not just some housewife sending off naked photos for the fun of it we're talking about commercial sexual exploitation of human beings all human beings adult women adult men boys and girls and this is really really big business my name is opal singleton this show is called exploited crimes against humanity and you can follow us at millionkids.org that is the organization that puts this together. Follow us on Facebook. And by the way, we are a 501c3 nonprofit, and we truly appreciate your donations if you want to support this work. I, myself, am paid through the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force, so any donations made to our organization go to the work of educating. We're all about prevention and intervention. Now, what I'm talking about here is I'm very concerned about some terms that I have made up, some of them and others have made up, cyber sex on demand. This is literally where individuals are sitting before webcams, and they are Performing sex acts. And the reason I am concerned about that is that more and more, I believe this is going to overtake pornography, excuse me, overtake prostitution for cartels and organized crime in in income using exploited people. So what I did, I didn't want to get into this unless I have facts, okay? It's very important to me that I deal with real numbers. I'm absolutely adamant about that. Those people who know me, I hate melodrama. I hate activists who go out charging around the world, throwing out big numbers, Uh, Unless we can verify those numbers, I don't get into it. I deal with facts. I'm all about prevention and intervention. I want to know that, in fact, this is happening, in fact, that people are being exploited, and then I want to understand just how real this is. So I did some Google searching out there, and uh, one of the things that I looked at is webcam sex on demand. Now, that doesn't mean that it's commercial, But what I found was, a lot of it was, in that title, when I Googled that, there were over 12 million different websites with this kind of thing on it. Now, I want to remind you this show is for adults. So if you have children out there, I will do my very best to keep it as Christian as I can. But this is a very tough subject, and we need to know the reality of this. So when you Google Webcam Sex on Demand, you get titles like Cam Girls on Demand, Automatic Instant Cam Sex. Get Instant Hot Girls Online. Internet access and free sexy chat with horny girls and naughty boys. Did you just get that? Did you get what I just said? We're not talking men and women. We're talking about just like that. You Google it and you get access to instant access, free sexy chat with horny girls and naughty boys. That is no accident they picked those words. Another headline, Live Sex and Live Porn Streaming on Free Live Sex uh, Cams. Enjoy live porn and chat with girls and boys. Again, girls and boys. Now, they're making this sound free, but when I started to look at these sites, and quite frankly, I don't go deep into them because I don't believe in myself watching pornography, but what you normally do is you sign up, and these aren't free very long. That's just to get you started. You actually buy credits with your Bitcoin. Now, this is some of the challenge to law enforcement, because when you do that, Bitcoin is cryptocurrency or cyber currency, and it is anonymous and untraceable. So you begin to subscribe to these services. Do you get the idea that there might be an ongoing relationship, that this may begin to accelerate into an addiction? Here's another site that was quite fascinating to me. It's called Chatterbate, C-H-A-T-U-R-B-A-T-E. Now, there's some bad words in here, so I'm not going to say them, but couples are effing for free on cam in the new mobile, you get that, mobile chatterbait. Webcam sex all day for free. Has tokens, pop-up rooms, members' pictures, advanced search, and more. Now, what did I just say? Well, it's free. If it's free, why do you need tokens? Because you're paying. This is big, big money for cartels. They have advanced search. Why? Because you're looking for fetishes. You're looking for particular groups of fetishes. 12 million titles under that name. Okay, so if you look under, oh, I have another page I forgot on here. Here's another one, Webcam Sex. Webcam features live webcam models streaming direct to you from their homes And studios around the world. Sexy webcam, online strip shows, sex shows, you name it. Now, nobody's saying free in here, are they? They're not. This is a money-making deal. So do you think these people are receiving the money for the shows that they're doing? It depends. Maybe they're independent. But if this is put together by a cartel or corporation, and I would be willing to bet you these people are not out soliciting housewives that want to do this for free. This is a money-making business that is doing that. Well, because of the Hungarian story where the men were being forced to to have sex online in massive numbers, I looked up the word gay webcam. Now, it has one point five million websites on it. It's actually 1.54 million websites. And there's some interesting headlines on those kinds of things. In this one of them is called Gay you Ruleta, R-U-L-E-T-A and it says webcam chat with random guys around the world. This is a free gay chat roulette alternative. Chat randomly and meet new friends around the world. Here's one that's called Cam for Com. And here, you watch live men cam for free. They're sexy, amateur men and boys, hello, boys, live on webcams. The next one is called Chatterbait, 100% free, uncensored adult chat. Here's one called Candy Boys. Watch nude cam boys live at Candy Boys. We have cam shows running at all times, day and night, see nude boys, and chat with them on our live sex show. You're starting to get how prolific this is. Gay guys and gay couples are waiting to chat, have live sex, oral sex, hand jobs, photo jobs, and sex, and more live. Watch Hot Guy Alone Gay. This is I'm Live.com. Our hosts get naughty on webcam, and you can check them out. Now, I don't mean to gross you out. What I mean to do is to calibrate the reality of how big this is because we have to get our head out of the sand if we're going to take this on. I believe that this is started, will start to literally overtake global prostitution because there are no limits. They do not have to take a person and find them and get them cleaned up and groomed and take them off to a motel and do a re- risk a reverse sting with a cop and pay for a motel and risk an STD and lose all the time traveling around. When they have these kinds of shows, they can literally put a person in a hotel, in an apartment, in a home, in a warehouse, in a business, and they're very difficult for law enforcement to find. And they will be forced to perform in front of webcams. But think about this. With live streaming, we can have large-scale pay-per-view events as people began to watch this. Well, I looked at another one that was called Flirt for Free. This one was not quite as hardcore, but you had to create an account, you buy your credit, and you actually get frequent, flyer, frequent user points on here. It is the home of the latest in webcam technology, interactive webcams that let you have, uh, have live time. These models give you control. Hello? You are basically having sex virtually with these, and I'm not going to say the word, with these effing machines to get intimate on a whole new level. You can use your mouse on the flashlight, not flashlight, that's fleshlight stroker to get in on the action the faster you go the harder blah 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 you can go to cam to cam for the most immersive webcam experience ever i want i'm going to go into the psychology behind this in the next section but i there's a purpose in my picking these words and sharing them with you And the last one is just downright disgusting and sad. I looked up something called forced sex, and I was blown away that there is an entire world out there of video cams on forced sex of children, of adults, male and female. Over 9 million results when I put in forced sex webcam. The the headline was Rape Videos Caught on Cam. Real forced sex webcams, wife forced into anal sex, and on and on. This gets really, really vile. Rape sex hidden cams. Watch rape sex hidden cam videos and jump to the home page to watch the funniest and most amazing videos selected by our editors. They're talking about forced sex being funny. Webcam Sex Live with Hot Cam Models Waiting to Pleasure You, Rape Victim Photos, Forced Teen Webcams, Hot Couples Have Sex on Webcam, Rape Tube, Amateur Sex Webcam, Live Sex Cam. This is just, I can hardly go on. It's so heavy. Here's my point, folks. I am not doing this just for the shock value. I'm doing this to get you to wake up and join with me. You see, when we start having cyber sex on demand, when we start having interactive pornography, when we start having virtual prostitution, they're all the same thing. What you're talking about is a human being that is being put someplace and they are being exploited for gain and for profit for financial gain. They are forced to perform just the same as these Hungarian men all day long. And it is going to be very difficult for law enforcement to find them. This is the crime of the future. I believe it will be the largest crime in the world. I believe it will be the most lucrative and I believe it will be controlled by drug cartels for income. Well, folks, we are up against a hard break. I am gonna go into the psychology behind it in the next section, stay with us. I'll be right back.
2: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org Share this with everyone you know Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective It's a look at what matters to us Why do we laugh? Back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton.
0: Well, hello and welcome back. We are talking about a very difficult subject this morning. We are talking about the live streaming, the forced live streaming of sex, for-profit commercial sexual exploitation using technology such as live streaming. What has happened is this has progressed from video chat rooms to live streaming to pay-per-view large group events. In fact, today it is possible, and this will make you nauseated if you're a normal human being, but... It is possible for groups as large as ten and 20,000 people to come together in a live streaming event, watch a child be violated, pay, let's say, $200 on your cyber currency, and literally in 10 minutes, in 10 minutes, a drug cartel has picked up $4 million, and nobody will know about it except the child that was exploited. And all the while, they're able to talk with each other and build camaraderie between each other and feel acceptance i believe with all my heart that as cartels understand that they can make four million bucks in 10 minutes by violating a poor child in a third world country that this will become the largest crime in the world probably within the next 18 to 24 months And it will be difficult for us to deal with because people have a tendency to think of it as a victimless crime. Think about this now. Child pornography right now is one of the largest crimes in the world. And yet we all don't want to look at it because it's so vile. I did a whole session on child pornography. Just in five child pornography rings, they discovered over half a million pedophiles, okay? I'm not making that up, folks. One of them had 214,000 pedophiles. One had 150. One had 70. One had 45. One had 38. So that's darn near 500,000. Not quite, but close. In three different child porn rings, they discovered over 90 million images of naked and violated children. These were intense libraries, massive libraries of violated children. Now, why don't we hear about it? Because nobody wants to hear about it. Okay? But I'm going to tell you this. To make child pornography, you need a child. And you have to violate that child. And so this is a passion of mine because I believe this is about to become an exploding, exploding, exploitative, and exploding industry. And I need your help if we're going to take this on. You see, what happens in this is that the idea, and you've you've heard this in previous segments if you're a follower of, of this show. Technology is not good or bad. I love technology. I live and breathe it. Trust me, I wouldn't have this show without live streaming and and without uh, Voice America, and I truly appreciate my relationship with Voice America, Variety Channel. They're just amazing people. I love technology, but we have to stop and look at the impact of technology on crime. You see, it can be very, very good, and that's a good thing that we enjoy that. But when you start to analyze the psychological impact of how predators use it, it makes a big difference. If you don't know this, you've probably heard me say that if you're a follower of this, I want you to think of the internet as a bucket of water. The top 3% of that bucket of water is where we live, that is the clear web. We have. IP addresses we have Google search engines and like that we find each other they find us below the clear web is the deep web and below and that's where government agencies like NSA are by the way if you didn't see the Edward Snowden movie you should I thought it was great anyway that's the deep web and below that is the dark web now you do not just easily transfer from the clear web to the dark web it isn't like you can just wander in there by accident now you can see some pretty vile things on the clear web, but in order to be in the dark web, you need a special router. The most popular is called Tor, T-O-R, and if you're wondering if it's a dark web site, if you should see a, a website called dot .onion, onion like the like the vegetable onion, onion a vegetable? Yeah, okay, onion on there. That's because that is layered. The They don't have search engines in the dark web. So keep an eye out if you see that. I am amazed when I talk in high school how many kids have a Dot Onion account. The reason I tell you this is what is happening is that pedophiles get together and form large-scale cyber communities. And these cyber communities help them find each other. And they can then begin to find approval and acceptance in these cyber communities. And that is one of the psychological things that is going on there. Why do I point that out to you? Well, I just read to you things like forced sex websites. How do they find each other? They look up forced forced sex websites. And they begin to join those communities. And a cyber community normalizes fetish activity. Once you're in there, you feel acceptance. And then you find that you're accelerating your addiction. One of the things that's happening in this is you are accelerating your addiction. And this is the reason why I am very concerned about how big this business will get. Think about your just normal addiction to your to your own phone. Without Forget about sex, just your own phone. I was sitting in church the other day, and my phone got a little text. I found myself looking at the text. I'm like, you're, you're supposed to be in church talking to God, and I'm looking at my text, and I'm thinking, which one's more important? Yeah, well, I found myself leading towards the text. We get addicted to that instant feedback. Well, think about that if you have a sexual addiction. That happens. You know, think about a pornography addict or a child pornography addict or a masturbation sex addict. That phone is in their hand. That phone is in their back pocket. They take that phone to the bathroom with you. That phone is laying on their desk at work. It is amazing how many child pornographers are getting picked up with child pornography on their work computer. What are they thinking? They're not thinking. They're addicted. That phone is laying on the seat of your car when you stop at a street light. So let's suppose you start to get on one of these sites. What is happening now is you're getting acceptance. You're interacting with other perversions or people who have other fetishes. And it begins to override your normal inhibitions. It denies your natural instincts And you feel anonymous. You feel like nobody's going to know who you are and that you can get away with it. These are all some of the psychological elements of working in the cyberspace and adding progressive sexual addiction to it. And this is the reason why I'm very concerned. Because once you have people who are that addicted, then they start to seek out sites site websites that will provide a satisfaction to their addiction so in order to be able to deliver that cartels have found the answer and it isn't just cartels by the way it's individual businesses and and uh, uh individual pimps and predators uh we often will see that uh, this will often take place with foreigners that can now access the very lucrative American market. In fact, one of the the things that actually drew me to this was a couple of articles. One of them uh, I've read before, but it's from the U.K. for all my U.K. followers out there. Uh, This is going back, clear back to 2014. Now, that seems like only yesterday, but this is 2017, so it goes real fast, okay? That the headline on this is live streaming, excuse me, live on, I can't get it straight here, bear with me, live online streaming of child sex abuse, an emerging trend. The live online streaming of real-time child sex abuse is becoming an emerging trend that will grow over the next three years. Well, it's three years later, and here we are. They talk about the use of pedophiles using the hidden web, which is the dark web I talked about. Pedophiles are increasingly accessing the availability of the Internet in the developing countries to live stream the abuse of children to paying customers around the world. Other, they talk about the number of people and other inquiries underway. Men who pay to see via webcams were 139 Britons among the 733 uh, suspects. They are looking at the National Threat Assessment estimates 36,000 criminals involved in about 5,300 organized groups just in Britain, okay, just in Britain. Do you know that the live streaming of child pornography is a billion-dollar business right now in Philippines? That is absolutely true. And it is also big business in Italy. I was looking at a headline here, how women in Italy turn to virtual prostitution to survive. University students and single mothers are among the women in Italy who have turned to virtual sex work. To get by, they're stuck in the longest recession. They're talking about how poor it is right now in Italy. They're saying generally one person is the viewer and the other person is the performer. However, key to the element of degradation for cam girls is that those who perform sexually via webcam must also respond and follow every sexual whim and direction their viewer gives. While prostitution is legal in Italy. Exploitation is not. These girls are susceptible. So it's a fascinating thing that is happening, whether it's adults or kids. There are lots and lots of victims. You see, by 2020, we are anticipating that the entire world will be connected by Internet. I believe this is going to be literally the open door to exploiting Men, women, and children around the world. As we connect kids and adults in third world countries who will do about anything for three bucks, they will allow their photograph to be taken and they will start in not realizing where they're going. They're not going to be transported halfway around the world like is happening in the UK right now. You know, they're taking them from Nigeria, from Syria, from, from Lebanon, and they're marketing them up in European countries. It won't be like that. They don't have to go anywhere. Very shortly, any person in the world can be subject to exploitation as long as there is Internet, as long as there are predators out there willing to do it and victims subject to exploitation. This is about to become the largest, most lucrative crime in the world. We're against a break, folks. I'm going to ask you to stay with us. We're going to look at the impact on law enforcement in the last segment. Be right back.
2: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspiring really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com
1: Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton.
0: Well, hello and welcome back to our show, Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking about live streaming. We're talking about virtual prostitution or interactive pornography. They all have the same effect. And basically what we're talking about is rather than having prostitution as we know it, Uh, where literally someone is sold and and delivered and have uh, live uh, live sex with a human being. What we're talking about is the filming of sexual acts, whether they're... Engaged in sexual acts or masturbation type acts and being able to put that out on live streaming and sell it around the world. And we're talking about that whether it's an adult or a child or a man or a woman, it doesn't matter. I believe this is going to be the fastest growing crime in the world. So, how do we take this on as law enforcement? Well, first of all, one of the things that I I will share with you that if you want to donate to me and kids, we would welcome your donation. You can do that by going to www. Www.meandkids.org. That's www.millionkids.org, because we do research, we do train law enforcement, we do train social workers, we do train school officials, and we train all around the world for what it's worth, and so we could use your help. But I, because I work with law enforcement, I have done quite a bit of work about how do we take this on? Because think about this. Law enforcement right now is normally what you think of as boots on the ground, feet on the street. You know, they go out, they sit under cover, they do surveillance, they they talk to victims and they have people there that they can interact with. But what happens when you don't have your victim where you can find them? You see, what, what we're already seeing is the victims are held in apartments they're held in huts in Cambodia. You see, right now, Rafa House, when they find victims, what they do is they work out of brothels. And they shut. They find brothels and they shut them down. They can rescue the kid. But very quickly, these third world countries are getting high-speed Internet. This is the reason why it's so big in the Philippines. They have high-speed Internet and English-speaking people, so you add that with poverty, and you have access. So that means that a man in Milwaukee can simply order up Through a family of Filipinos where they sell their daughter, it's taking place in their own home. Somebody is collecting like three bucks and the video is taken and in 10 minutes it's over. He's setting in Milwaukee directing this activity on live streaming. And it's all done by cyber currency. So rather than having boots on the ground, what you're going to have is literally cases that are data driven. Now, this is really, really a challenge for law enforcement. As most of you know, I work with the Riverside County Sheriff's Department, and I work with the Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force. They recently had one case where they subpoenaed Facebook records, and they received 50,000 pages of evidence. Now, how do seven guys and gals who do boots on the ground process 50,000 pages of evidence. That's going to be very difficult. We're going to need certain kinds of sorting software to be able to do this. I work with an organization out of Canada who are just amazing people. They've developed child pornography software that can literally track photo DNA on live streaming. We're going to need this because there's going to be an intersect between live streaming of sex and child pornography because many of these kids are underage. We're going to need technology that can identify location because of the fact that, you know, while while the perpetrator is sitting in, I pick on Milwaukee, I'm sorry about Milwaukee. I don't know why I pick on Milwaukee, but let's say he's sitting, sitting in Milwaukee and he's finding a girl out of Cebu, Philippines. And so how do you find that with boots on the ground? How do you even find the girl to to do that? On top of it, there's some laws that are involved. In, In America, he's committing pedophilia. But if she's over 13 in the Philippines, the age of consent for sex in the Philippines is 12 years old. So we're going to need to work with legislation, and we're going to have to work with international law. How do you work with search and seizure laws? You know, there's a famous case called the Play Pim case where the FBI got a search warrant in Quantico, Virginia, their headquarters, but their violator, their first violator was in Oklahoma City. Eventually, they were able to go up the chains of appeals court, and now they can use that search warrant. But what happens if their violator is a group violation of people on pay-per-view where there might be as many as 500, 1,000, 10,000 violators? How do you have laws and search and seizures that allow that kind of thing to happen? We're going to have to overcome some, some cultural attitudes also. I mean, think about it. There's been a real movement here in America called the man-boy society where they're seeing violation of a male boy, a young person under the age of 18, as being acceptable. So how does that work in those cultural differences? This is complex enough that people have a tendency to look the other way. I was uh, just talking to A-Rod, which is my sound engineer today, and we were saying, you know, even, even five years ago, I was one of the early pioneers, eight years ago, of talking about human trafficking in America. People would hardly listen to me. They didn't believe in it, Okay. And now today, people are going, are you kidding me? That's awful. I don't want to hear about it. So here I go again out there charging, charging in the unfamiliar and the unacceptable way. But I'm asking you to join with me and let's take this fight on. Yes, it's disgusting. Absolutely, it's disgusting. And yes, this is a complex problem. It is. How do we get... It so that law enforcement can be empowered to take this on. One of the real challenges locally is that all law enforcement work with stats. They have to have criteria they need to get grants to stay funded. And there is very little funding out there for this kind of thing. How do we join together and get them funding so that we can do this? How do we get our society not to look the other way? Because society will tell you, this is not really sex. You know, it's just a a housewife who wants to make a little extra money in front of a webcam. This is just, you know, uh, people who want fetishes and they're allowed to have fetishes. Well, you know, there may be those instances where you have a housewife who wants to make money and she's not forced into it. And I have absolutely no involvement with those people. That's their body, their life, if they're adults. But where I see this going is literally warehouses of people, just like this young man from Hungary, that are forced to sit there day in and day out, apartments full of foreigners, kids in huts in third world countries that are being forced to do this even by their own parents in order for cartels to build four million bucks in 10 minutes. And nobody will know the difference except that child that was violated. Well, my name is Opal Singleton. The organization is called Me and Kids. M-I-L-L-I-O-N. We'd invite you to follow us on Facebook. We'd invite you to write to me at opal at millionkids.org. We'd invite you to donate and support our work. We'd invite you to go to exploitedcrimes.com and look at all the other archived shows in there. Share this show with everyone you know. It comes to you at 7 a.m. every Thursday morning in Southern California, but it is archived all around the world, and you can archive it by by the way, on your website, as many of these shows as you want, and you can educate your friends, your followers, people in your organization, in your corporation join with us, I would ask you to consider supporting me and kids in our effort by going to www.meandkids.org Well, this is the end of a very tough show for me. This is my first show back from losing my husband, Del Singleton, and I would like to dedicate this show to him. He was simply the most amazing man on earth, but I'm a little prejudiced. I was so fortunate to be his wife for 44 years, and I loved him with all my Heart. and I know that he cared very deeply. He went to Cambodia on dialysis with me twice. He cared deeply about kids and fighting exploitation around the world. I hope you'll join us next week. Same time, same station. We'll see you next week. Have a good
1: Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.